about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. It's real talk. And here we go, here we go on this Monday. This is the first Monday in October, October 4th to be exact. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us along for the ride for the next hour, 6 to 7 p.m. This will be the best 6 to 7 p.m. period of your entire life. Uh, as I said before, so glad to be here. It was an absolutely gorgeous day today. I hope you get a chance to get out. I hope you got a chance to enjoy yourself because it was really, really nice. And if I could do this show from outside this uh, this studio right now, I'd be right out in front doing it because it is just that nice. So I hope that the last seven days for you have been good. You've been safe. You've been feeling good. Your health is good. Everybody is doing okay. Have you been checking on folks? Have you been checking on people that you care about and just making sure everybody's doing good? Because that's an important component in this thing we like to call life. Before we get into the details of the big broadcast this evening, you're asking yourself right now, Chip, how do I get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? I'll get you through it. And any number of ways you can do it. Right now, we're on live, 91.7 on your FM dial, WYXR. Uh, uh, and you can also go to the uh, website, which is WYXR.org, and hit the Listen Live tab, and we're like live. Uh, you can also catch us on the TuneIn app, put in WYXR in the search, hit play, and you can hear us, of course, live. And as we are a podcast, uh, the show will be uh, posted sometime after tomorrow afternoon. And you will be able to get us wherever you get your podcast. So uh, we we have a good show tonight, uh, we're, and, and most of the, a lot of the show is going to be dealing with uh, some of the issues that we've been dealing with lately, which is the violence in this city. Um, in, in particular, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the events that happened uh, on September 23rd in Collierville. Of course, we all know what happened there. An active shooter walked into the Kroger store, uh, opened fire, wounding 15 people, killing one. Uh, and, of course, uh, this is the type of event that no one wants to deal with, no one wants to think about, no one wants to remember. But, unfortunately, it is etched in all of our minds. And we are going to talk with uh, the police chief of Collierville. His name is Dale Lane. And Dale, I've known him for some years now. He is an amazing guy. And uh, we're going to talk to him about the events of that day, uh, how everybody is doing, and, more importantly, how he uh, is handling all this as well. We're also going to uh, speak with uh, Hannah Grabenstein. She is 
uh, an editor, or not an editor, she's a reporter, actually, for MLK 50. And I experienced this this weekend. There are way more jobs than there are people. But because there are way more jobs than there are people, and companies are really doing anything and everything they can to try to entice folks to work for them, including raising salaries. So actually, if you're looking for a job right now, depending on where you're looking, you know, you might get a boost in salary uh, just because they can't uh, find folks and they need good folks. So we're going to talk to her about that. She did a story about that a week or so ago. I thought it was really, really good. And a little bit later on in the broadcast, a good friend of mine, Reverend Minister Rodney Kirkwood, he is the youth pastor for Full View Missionary Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. And we're going to talk uh, about, you know, as, as a youth pastor, you know, he, he talks to the young people and finds out kind of what, where their heads are at, what's on their mind, what they're thinking about, what they're talking about. We have seen some really, really bad situations lately, uh, which I'm going to lay out for you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, involving young people. When I say young people, I mean young people under the age of 17. So we're going to talk about that uh, in the second half hour of the show. But before we move forward, this is the time of the show where we celebrate you. We want to make sure that uh, uh, everybody knows this is your special day, whether it's your birthday, whether it's your anniversary, whether you had a celebration over the weekend or today or one upcoming. We are going to pay tribute right now. Hit it, Jack. Yeah, you know, I know many of you probably burst into flames today because you didn't have Facebook to lean on. <laughs> I mean, it literally came back on, what, by the last 20 minutes? Yeah, at least at the last, within the last half hour. Uh, so uh, I'm so happy for all of you now that you can breathe again. Breathe, breathe, deep breaths, breathe, inhale, exhale. On to the birthdays. Happy birthday going out to Judith Farmer. She's a family friend. Happy birthday, Judith. Willie Brooks, county commissioner. His birthday is today. Uh, Michelle Wheatley. I know Michelle. Today is her birthday. Uh, also uh, celebrating today, Henry Holland. That is by way of Patricia McKinney. Uh, she, Patricia uh, wishes you a happy birthday, Henry. Christine Fox, who is a big uh, friend of WYXR. Her birthday is not today, but her birthday is coming up here in the next few days. So she wanted to give me a, a heads up to hit her with a shout out. So shout out to you, Christine. Uh, may you have a wonderful birthday on the 10th. Madison Watkins is 17 years old, and that is from Felicia Newton. And uh, two heavenly birthdays, because they actually count. Larry Walker and Clyde Walker, and that is from your niece, Linda Harris. So happy heavenly birthday to you too. Happy birthday to each and every one of you. I hope you had a wonderful day and I hope you have a great night and I hope you're around for another year so we can do it all over again. Thank you, Jack. As we uh, segue into uh, some news and notes, um, we, had a, we had a rough weekend uh, in, in, in several ways. And not just the violent aspect of things, but uh, I wanted to, at the top, uh, speak on uh, the Memphis police officer, Daryl Adams. He was 34 years old. He was killed uh, on uh, Interstate 40 at Watkins um, when he was struck by an 18-wheeler. The crash happened, as I said, uh, right near North Watkins. 
Uh, he was actually working a two-car crash scene uh, when he was struck by an 18-wheeler uh, and unfortunately uh, did not survive. So uh, deepest condolences go out to his personal family, friends and colleagues, and of course, uh, all of those folks uh, who work so hard each and every day at the Memphis Police Department. Uh, our deepest uh, condolences uh, from Real Talk Memphis. Uh, mentioned uh, the violence uh, that continues on, just continues on. It just never seems to stop. And unfortunately, it's becoming uh, the new norm around here. Uh, we had uh, five people killed in 24 hours from uh, yesterday morning uh, to this morning. A man and a woman, I'm sure many of you heard, was shot yesterday morning uh, in a house near Rose College. Uh, the man was killed, the woman was wounded, and she's expected to recover. And it was uh, an apparent home invasion. Uh, an arrest warrant has been issued for the individual uh, in question in this case. Uh, the uh, person who was killed, his name was Andrew or Drew uh, Rayner. He was a senior at Rose College, and he's about 21 years old. So that was a really, really sad situation. Also, um, this morning, a man and a woman were both found gunned down in Parkway Village uh, in a home. Again, it appears to be a home invasion or a robbery. And neither one of those two made it, um, you know, in terms of that. So obviously looking for the suspect. A few days ago, uh, and this is when I was alluding to when I said that uh, these crimes that we're dealing with are younger and younger Two 16-year-olds, hear me now, 16-year-olds were arrested in connection with a deadly shooting in Parkway Village. It happened last Thursday afternoon at a gas station on South Perkins near Cottonwood Road. The victim was pronounced dead on the scene. Now, both these children were charged with first-degree murder in perpetration of especially aggravated robbery and attempted especially aggravated Robbery. Many of you heard, uh, speaking of last Thursday, about the incident at uh, Cummings Elementary School where two 13-year-olds decided that uh, they were having some issues and the best way to solve that problem was to fight one another. Well, when it came to uh, fighting one another, one of them was ready to fight and the other one pulled out a gun and shot the other child. So a 13-year-old uh, shot and wounded another 13-year-old child on campus at Cummings, 13. So my question is, why is that the parent locked up? Where's the parent? Who's responsible for the gun? How'd the 13-year-old get the gun? Because a 13-year-old, last I checked, can't walk into a store and a gun store and say, I want to buy a gun. I don't think it works there. However, we do have a law in this state that says anybody 21 years of age can, can carry a weapon Wide open in the car, no background check, no, 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 no permit or anything. Just, just, just carry it. So insanity is, is running amok everywhere. But apparently we are seeing much younger children uh, committing major crimes these days. And that's a, that, that, that's a big, 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 big problem. And, and, and you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. So. Uh, but, but yeah, there are, there are some serious issues uh, going on. And of course, um, the COVID situation is getting better. Cautionary tale here. 
cases are coming down, deaths are still kind of high, but cases are coming down, and um, the mask mandate is still in effect. The indoor mask mandate is still in effect. So, uh, you know, we're not out of the woods yet, but when cases start to come down, and it seems like every two months, like two months, for two months we have cases through the roof. I mean, new cases through the roof, and then things quiet down, but we're starting to get into the fall of the season now, the year now, flu season right around the corner. And if for those of you who continually say, I don't get a flu shot, I've never gotten a flu shot, you might want to get a flu shot. I'm just saying. And if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. You know, just, just it helps you and it helps everybody around you, okay? So don't necessarily think about yourself, but just think about others uh, as you're moving forward. The Southwest Tennessee Community College campus in Whitehaven has started to do vaccinations once again. They will be offering vaccinations on Friday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and on Saturday from 9 to 1 p.m. No appointment necessary, just go. And that's for all three shots. First shot, second shot, third shot, booster, Pfizer, okay, Pfizer. Pfizer is the only one that is uh, offering third shot boosters at this time until Moderna and J&J get approved by the federal government. Um, did you hear that the Liberty Bowl is changing names? They're getting a new name after all this time. It, they will be called uh, the Simmons Bank Memorial Stadium. Now, Simmons Bank is a branch that is uh, in Arkansas, I believe. But yeah, they, they now own the naming rights uh, to the football stadium. So it won't be Liberty Bowl anymore. It will be Simmons Bank Memorial Stadium. And uh, speaking of uh, a little sports news here, the Memphis Tigers uh, lost their second game in a row this weekend. So first three and zero. Now they're zero and two in their last two games. Lost by a very very close margin uh, this past Saturday. So you know we're gonna we're gonna keep going. And basketball season is right around the corner. Exhibition games are starting to happen. And by the way, if you plan on going to any event. At the FedEx Forum, I don't care if it's the Tigers basketball, the Grizzlies, the concert, events, activities, you need to show proof of vaccination, have a vaccination card, a current up-to-date, you have to show that you've been vaccinated or that you possess a negative test uh, before you go in. There's no capacity limits, okay? So this is how... Uh, best way to guard, you know, to try to protect as many people as possible. They will be checking, guarantee you that. And just like New York City and a lot of other cities around this country now, you can't enter some of these places, movie theaters, gyms, concerts, games, and things like that unless you're vaccinated or show proof, all right? Don't say I didn't tell you because I just did. All right, that's going to wrap it up for news and notes uh, on this uh, Monday. When we come back... Uh, we are going to talk about an event that happened on the 23rd of September in Collierville, Tennessee, that changed the landscape there and many of us forever. We are going to speak to the chief of police of Collierville. His name is Dale Lane. My name is Chip Washington. This is Real Talk Memphis. We will be right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Yo, what up, what up, what up? It is the president of Driven Type T, and you're now tuned in to Memphis's own WYXR 91.7 FM. The station with the city soul, man. Come on, you know what it is. <laughs> Remember, never stop. Stay driven. Hi there, this is Zach Ives. My show, A Box of Records, plays every Tuesday night, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., right here on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee. Hi there, this is Bill of Bill's Kiln, and I'd like to invite you to tune in to a new, improved Bill's Kiln, now, Mondays at midnight. Tastes great and less filling. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this first Monday in October. Very happy to have you with us. Uh, I am Chip Washington, your humble host. And uh, everyone is more than aware of an incident that shook the foundation uh, around all of us on September 23rd uh, when a gunman uh, walked into a Kroger store uh, in Collierville uh, after apparently having been dismissed from his job earlier in the day, came in with a high-powered rifle, and started shooting innocent victims. He wounded 15, he killed one, and uh, it, has, it has, as I said, it's shaken the foundation for all of us. Uh, but uh, there is one person who had to bear the weight and the responsibility in terms of letting people know exactly what happened, um, how it happened, and he has done so with the greatest strength I think I've ever seen. And I've heard it over and over and over again. You wake up on a Thursday morning. It's a beautiful day. You think everything is fine. And literally in the blink of an eye, everything changes. Um, I am really honored to have my first guest. And I've known him for some years. We worked together at the Shelby County Sheriff's Office. He is Chief Dale Lane, Police Chief Collierville. Uh, Dale, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
It's good to be with you, Chip. Man, I, I tell you, I've known you, as I said, for some years, and you and I worked more than a few crime scenes together back in the day. Um, uh, me in my little capacity and, and you in a much bigger capacity. I heard you say um, during one of the press conferences that you've been doing this for 34 years and you have never seen uh, or been involved in a situation like this. So my first question to you, uh, my friend, is how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, um, Chip. I, I'm, I, I said in an earlier interview, yeah, I was asked that question and I, I'm really blessed and, you know, I'm a person of faith and that's where I go to for my strength first. Uh, but then I'm also blessed to be able to come home to a beautiful wife who uh, who loves me. She's been with me for 35 years. I better get that one right. And uh, so, uh, you know, I have a good balance. So that that really helps. But I tell you, you know, a lot of times you see the evil in our world and it's meant to divide us. Um, and the good I think one of the good things that's coming out of this incident is that it's drawn uh, people from across the nation uh, in to, to provide encouragement, and it's drawn the Carville community uh, a lot closer together. Yeah, we're going to talk about that as well. And, uh, and it, it is just amazing the strength and the resolve of uh, the town of Cargillville, as, as you said, and everyone pulls together. Uh, this is this was a national nightmare, um, you know, that, that just descended, you know, upon uh, your community. And, and, and uh, you know, clearly uh, we have seen more and more incidents like this. Uh, I know you mentioned that uh, you all actually had active shooter training um, right. literally, what, a, a week or two before, before that, right? Am I, am I correct in that? It was June the 4th. Okay, in June. Okay, right, right. So, so you all, so you, so, you know, and I, and I know, you know, being over training and a lot of other positions you had at Shelby County, um, I know you realize how important that is, that component is. Um, so, you know, when that day happened and that, and that incident happened, I also heard you say that the response was, was almost immediately, almost immediate. Can you kind of walk us through that, if you don't mind? Yeah, I, I want to say something. You were talking about the Carville community. It's been much bigger, Chip. We have had people wrap their arms around us from all over Shelby County, right. uh, DeSoto County, Fayette County. People, uh, you know, Sheriff Bonner was one of the one of my first calls uh, when we had that scene secure, and within just a matter of of uh, you know minutes, I had a I had a bunch of detectives that were out there to support us, and so. Uh, the good thing that's been going on as far as the response is for many, many years, we have been working very hard uh, to build relationships. Um, that's all of us in public safety, not just police, but fire. And so you, you definitely, you've heard this before, Chip, you, you don't want to be handing out business cards in the middle of the crisis. And right. on that day, everybody, uh, I mean, every jurisdiction around came. Some we called, some we didn't, but they came anyway, and it was so good to see them. But as far as the response, um, I'm very proud of our team. We had our first car on the scene. Uh, was actually on the parking lot. It had been waved down by a um, by a, a citizen that said that there was a shooting going on. So he was on the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Once the call went out, the first car was there in 52 seconds. Um, we had over 30 cars that made the scene. It just seemed, you know, we had a shift change that was going on. We had detectives, command staff members that all descended on that uh, location relatively quickly. So it was uh, the fast response helped. 
Uh, Chip, you were when we, you were at the sheriff's office with us. You know we were doing a lot of active shooter training, yeah. run, hide, fight for the public. Yes, that made a huge difference. Uh, people in that store. There's no question. When I was in there and we were pulling people out of out of coolers and out of closets, they had done exactly that. And what that did was gave us a little bit more time to get there. Um, another thing that I haven't seen was in this particular case, firefighters paramedics had their own ballistic helmets, ballistic vest. And as soon as they got geared up, um, they, they, they moved into that building re relatively quickly. I mean, without, you know, a lot of places when you study these incidents, the delay in getting medical right. attention has, has stopped. And traditionally fire has waited till the scene was quote secure mm -hmm. uh, before they come down. These guys didn't wait, they came. And, and so I was very proud of them. The training definitely, it was actually supposed to happen in December, um, but because of COVID, the spike in COVID, we had to delay it, which that delay pushed us closer to this incident. So it really, uh, it, it definitely served us well on, on the 23rd. We're speaking with uh, Dale Lane. He is the police chief of the town of Collierville, uh, talking about the horrific uh, events of uh, September 23rd at the Kroger store. And, and, and Dale, you know, I have been thinking about this and about you and about the folks in Collierville, you know, ever since all of this happened. And um, I know what a man of deep faith you are. That is real. That is genuine. And, and, and even the comments that I received when they found out you were going to be on my show tonight, they all said, you know, he's a good man and he's a real he's a real guy. Thank but I, I, I guess I guess, you know, nothing just happens, Dale. Uh, being a man of faith, nothing just happens. And God had placed you uh, in the position that you're in for the day uh, that this uh, tragic uh, event happened. Uh, have you had a, even had a time, a chance to even think about that? Um, you know, everything is 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 already destined. Uh, have you have you just had a moment, a quiet time, a quiet moment, um, just to think about all of that? You know, and you know as to how it happened and when it happened and the whole nine yards there? I have. And, um, you know, my, my wife was quick to point point out, you know, I think a lot of people know that that, that I, I ran for sheriff and I believe that that's where I was supposed to be. But, um, you know, God knows better. And, uh, you know, he uh, not only did he give me a, a really good job that I absolutely love, but he gave me a great team to work with. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I was so proud of him, Chip. And, I, and I'll always be proud to be a Shelby County Sheriff's deputy. And you know, my, my son is still there today. Yes, so I, do. I root for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. And I root for the county. I, I, I want us uh, as a community to be safe. And so I do. I, I, I quit asking the why uh, on a lot of things, Chip, I learned to just to trust. I, I don't understand everything that happens, but I know the character of God and I know that he loves us. And so there's a purpose for the painful situations. And uh, so I go into it. I trust him. I go into each day and I say, God, I can't do this without you. And if, uh, you know, I pray and ask him for the wisdom to make it through. And so I've thought about it and I'm just thankful that he gave um the right people uh, to be there with us, to stand with us, to help us to get through this. And so, you know, if there's any glory to go around, I'm going to give it to him. Well, he's the one to give it to, that's for sure. Now, I, 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 I noticed that there was something you said there that really struck me about 
about all of the all the different uh, organizations, the groups, uh, uh, law enforcement agencies, police and fire and paramedics and, and, and anybody and everybody in between that wanted to help. Uh, silly question, I guess, but there, does, does, does something like this even create a stronger bond in a community, not just Collierville, but the entire Shelby County community? Does this make us better? Does this make us stronger as a community, you think? Oh, absolutely. I look at this, you know, we saw the worst of humanity, uh, but we've also seen the absolute best. I mean, people from all over, uh, you know, we see it firsthand in Carville, but it's coming from all over the country where people are just reaching out, giving yeah. kind words, encouragement. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't know if you saw it, but I had a young man that showed up at my office. Um, it was probably two days later. Mm-hmm. Um, actually it was on, uh, it was, I think it was on Friday afternoon. His name was Connor Underwood. Connor was a prayer partner. He was, he joined, we have a, a program called adopt a cop where people volunteer to pray for police officers, police wow. officers volunteer to be part of that program. Wow. Well, Connor was, uh, he said that I was his adopt a cop and he saw me on TV. And so he came to the police station to hand me a letter. And, uh, I'm going to tell you, Chip, uh, I didn't read the letter in front of Connor at that moment. I was trying to encourage him and tell him how much I appreciated him praying for me. And, and I was telling him, man, you, you're, you're doing a great thing. And, and uh, I said, keep praying for me, Connor. And um, Chip, he said, he said, well, why don't we pray now? And this is 11 year old. Yeah. And he sounded like a preacher and he began to pray for me. And when I went upstairs after it was over, I thanked him for it. I went upstairs after it was over and I read his letter. And I mean, it was just like the Lord was wrapping his arms around me. And that's just one example. And I knew, man, if you if you go to the Carville Police Department Facebook page, just go there and check that letter out. Read I, that letter. I saw it. Uh, I saw it. Man, those are types of things. I, I believe our job in law enforcement is not just to... Uh, to um, reduce crime. We should be reducing fear. And in the way we reduce fear is we give people hope. And uh, to me, that was just an, an, one example of, we are not gonna let evil people dictate the life that we live. Um, you know, the word says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I believe it with everything in my soul. Man, you know, I um, you know, I feel every word that you're saying. Um, I, I I feel it, you know, it, it inside because you know I try to be a man of faith myself and and belief. And and I I say this uh, before I let you go. Um, um, just uh, just kudos, uh, not only to you but to the entire town and to all of those um, from one end of this country to the other. Who, who understand the situation and who want to wrap their arms around you, as, as you say, in support. And I got to tell you something, man. I love that Karen Lee Lane myself. So I know she's watching you <laughs> this thing right now. So you tell her, you give her my best and tell her I said hello. And your son, too, as well, okay, and your entire family. I really appreciate, I appreciate it, Chip. Um, uh, we really appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers. And uh, keep praying for our community as a whole. Best days are ahead of us. Believe it with everything in, in my in my heart. So thanks, Chip. God bless you, man. And take care of yourself and 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 and, and take care of each other out there. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Wow, that was uh and that's the guy. Uh Dale Lane, uh police chief uh Collierville, the town of Collierville. Um, a a a strong man of faith, uh, and uh, sincere and real. 
and uh, very thankful and appreciative for what the Lord has done for him and for what he is continuing to do each and every day to strengthen the folks out in the town of Collierville. We'll take our next break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, the job market. And if you're looking, this might be a very good time for you to be doing that. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. You know who you are. Right back. Hannah. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great. It's 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 good to see the voice that I hear on Thursdays. <laughs> if you like real talk, right, so it's a way. Yeah, that's you. So we're in commercial break right now. We come back uh, just a couple minutes. Want to be considered chat, okay? a guest or have right, a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. Anybody so as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Yo, what up, what up, what up? It is the president of Driven Type T, and you're now tuned in to Memphis's own WYXR 91.7 FM. The station with the city soul, man. Come on, you know what it is. <laughs> Remember, never stop. Stay driven. Peace. everyone, this is Janet, host of Jaunt with Janet, Wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m., bringing you new releases in the rock, pop, and electronic genres with a little bit of the old fused in, all here on WYXR Memphis, 91.7 FM. This is Bishop Phoebe Rofe of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. at WYXR 91.7 FM to hear conversations with community leaders about the role of faith in their lives. That's Faithfully Memphis right here on WYXR FM. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. I'm your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy that you are along for the ride. Also happy that Facebook is back, not because of the Facebook Live thing, just because I could hear you people imploding all over the city, <laughs> all over the country. You guys were just losing it today, I know, because Instagram was down and Facebook was down and and uh, uh, other associated Huh? And WhatsApp, WhatsApp was down. Yeah, okay. WhatsApp was down too. Lola tells me. Uh, before we move on, Lola, what are people supposed to do? Like, comment, and share. Like, comment, and share, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, get with the program, Memphis. You are a tough town, man. But we gonna we gonna we gonna win you over because you know we have Lola and Nicole, and we have 
Jack here. And, <laughs> and we have my next guest. Um, I saw a story that she did, and she's a very good writer, by the way, um, about the economic picture as pertains to those of you out there looking for a job. And because there is such a demand, uh, you are actually in position to, to get what you're worth salary-wise. And we're going to delve into that a little bit with my next guest, Hannah Grabenstein. She is the uh, a reporter for MLK50. And Hannah, thanks for being uh, with me tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Boy, I tell you what, uh, do a really, really good job over there at uh, MLK50. Uh, all of you all do. The story that you did in particular though, that caught my attention was you, know, you highlighted a couple of folks um, and basically really put a spotlight on this whole economic picture here. It's just stunning to me how um, this many jobs and opportunities in various businesses from retail to hospitality to restaurants to uh, distribution centers – and even the police department, which is offering $15,000 signing bonuses to get people in, uh, we've come to this point. Uh, when you did this story, um, what did you, what, what, what stood out to you uh, in terms of, of where we are economically and where people who are looking for jobs, uh, this might be a better time for them? Um, yeah, I think it's been a, you know, a decade plus of a pretty difficult time for workers uh, who left the Great Recession um, wages had stagnated for a really long time. Um, and I think that, you know, costs were rising, but people, the buying power of their dollar wasn't really necessarily rising with it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as, I mean, hundreds, millions of people lost their jobs in, um, you know, March, April of 2020. That's right. But as things began to reopen pre-surge and hopefully begin to open again, you know, everybody feels more comfortable post-surge, um, the pe people needed to be hired again. People need uh, employers needed to fill a lot of positions that they had um, maybe closed or, or, or restructured. What happened was a lot of things during the pandemic. One major thing that happened was people who were in uh, employer who were in um, industries that were not really doing well during the pandemic found new work, and that included jobs like logistics shipping warehouse work. Right. So we obviously have a lot of that in the area. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, there's a big shift in workers. And so then you see hospitality and retail workers, which weren't really the place to be when nobody was shopping or eating out, are suddenly looking for workers. And then now, I mean, so are a lot of industries. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people are unemployed. So our unemployment is still a little higher than it was pre-pandemic. Okay. In Shelby County, we're at um, 6.7. The state is at 4.6%. The average in the nation is 5.2%. But that's about a third of what it was. You know, after yeah. the pandemic was about 15%. Right. Um, but we're at, I mean, our employment numbers in August of 2019, we had about 447,000 people employed and we're at about 453,000. So, I mean, we have gained and people have gained employment since then. So I think what's really stood out to me is there's, I think, a, a feeling that nobody wants to work or unemployment wage uh, benefits were keeping people, people from being em employed, but that's not really the story. Um, I think the story is a lot more complex than that. It involves a lack of childcare, people not going back to jobs because they don't have childcare, people genuinely being afraid of getting sick at work. So there's just a lot more to it. Um, wow, and I think that was just an interesting thing to learn. 
it 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 really it it really is um you're based on what you you just said you know but but also um it seems that it, that one thing that the pandemic uh brought forth uh in terms of folks you know suddenly having a job one day and losing the job the next day because of uh, uh because of this uh, covid situation um now that things are starting to to rebound a bit is it is it more advantageous because it seems to me that it, 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 maybe in a in a in a in an odd sense this has forced employers to take an inward look at uh, what a, an employee is worth and and that, that's kind of what i see in the 15 dollar an hour range thing is once it was, it was like a forbidden thing to even talk about now it's becoming commonplace and even more so uh, am, am am i on the right path with that thank you probably i mean i think that employers have to attract employees at this point. And so whether that's an increase in wages or an increase in benefits and increase in vacation, I mean, there's so many ways that employers can make themselves attractive to workers. Remote work is something that a lot of employees are really interested in. I honestly kind of miss office work, but I think that a lot of people really like working from home. There's so many ways that that you know employers from, from all along the spectrum of skill level or, um, you know, industry type can attract their workers. I think offering higher wages is probably one way to go. Um, There are a lot of places that are really offering competitive wages. Amazon, for example, has its own host of worker related complaints, but has been offering $15 an hour for most of its positions at minimum. Right. Um, And it's, you know, I think that there are a lot of smaller industries, smaller restaurants that would say we can't really compete with that. But it's really hard when, I mean, people are making $2.13 an hour as the tipped minimum wage. They're, they're supposed to have that made up to the federal minimum wage, which is $7.25, yeah. uh, if they don't make it up in tips. But that even $7.25 an hour is, I mean, that's poverty level. That's yeah. just poverty level anywhere in this country. Yeah. Um, and if you have a child, then that's like way, way, way less than you need to survive. So, yeah, I mean, there are just, there are people who are making less than $15 an hour are suddenly seeing that there are places offering, whether it's 15, whether it's less with, with better benefits or more, that there are places offering these opportunities and are, you know, I hope are finding that that they are able to leverage that. Hannah Gravesteed is my guest. She is a reporter for MLK 50. And we're talking about the... Uh... Uh, work situation, the economic situation here in Memphis uh, as pertains to workers. And I got to tell you something. I have, and I had this experience just yesterday. I generally, I don't eat in too many restaurants. I still don't do that. Um, but but I, so I, I call, right, place my order. And they told me on the front end that it was going to be 85 minutes before my food would be ready for takeout. I had to look three times to make sure that that was the case. And when I got my food, it was about 82 minutes and 45 seconds. I mean, literally when I when I when I when I pulled up, it was just and they and they basically said we just don't have the people. We don't have the staff. You know, I mean, the inside was open. They had barely had enough to deal with that. But I mean, clearly there is a major shortage. And if you want a job in this town or this county or wherever, it shouldn't be that hard to get one. Am I am, am I uh, am I right about that? Um, I think it depends what your skill level is and uh, or what you want to do and what you want to be paid for it. So yeah, I mean, probably if you wanted a job at McDonald's, you could get a job at McDonald's. I mean, this is not including the people who don't have those opportunities. 
um, often working mothers who need to, you know, make sure that their children are cared for during the day, people with felonies on their records who yeah. often find it harder to find jobs as well. But for, you know, maybe the average person who does have childcare and can, you know, get a job, yeah, you should be able to get a job at McDonald's for whatever. But I think that there's, you know, there's people who don't want to work at, at specific places. I don't think that it's, you know, wrong to say that if you have a specific set of skills, you want to stay in that industry. People who are, for example, um, while we're talking about childcare, there is there's a, a massive shortage across the country of childcare workers. Yeah. And if you yeah, are, you know, if you spent your whole life being a carpenter, it might be hard to shift to childcare work. Yeah. So, you know, I think, yeah, I, there are open jobs right now. There are people searching for jobs right now and there are people getting employed right now. I mean, our unemployment rate is, is dropping, yeah. has been for months. Um, but there are a lot of complicating factors too. It's it's it, it really is a very fascinating dynamic. And uh, Hannah, I want to thank you for taking some time to come on the show tonight and talk a little bit about this. And I'd like to invite you back in the future. And we can have this conversation again, maybe a few months down the road, and see where things are. Or if I find another fascinating story that you've written, I may hit you up and bring you back on the show. But in Please the do. But, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Have, thank you so much for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Well, that was a really interesting conversation. And uh, look, if you guys are looking for jobs out there, man, there's opportunities. There are opportunities. And, uh, you know, you might be able to set your own salary. You never can tell. We're going to take one final break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears again. And I really, it's, it's really been on my heart to talk about what's going on with our young people, in particular, the violence that we see from children, children, very, very young. Uh, my next guest uh, will uh, kind of lay it out from his perspective. Uh, this is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. And last break, we'll be right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. You're listening to WYXR 91.7 FM Memphis. This is Nancy and I hope you'll join me on a musical journey from 2 to 4 p.m. Mondays with Memphis Undercover. Bill's Kill. Now on Mondays at midnight, WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis. I'm listening. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. Uh, great, great show tonight. Uh, we've been talking uh, about a couple of different issues, but uh, when I asked my next guest to come on the show, um, I did so with a purpose because not only is he a strong man of faith, uh, he is a youth pastor, and he connects very well with these young folks out here. Maybe he can 
kind of helped me navigate me through what's going on with uh, these kids uh, <laughs> who are committing such heinous crimes at such a very young age. Uh, Reverend Rodney Kirkwood, he is the youth pastor at Fullview Missionary Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. And uh, Rodney, thanks for coming on, man. You know I really appreciate you. I mean, it's good to be on, man. Good to be on tonight. Absolutely. So, you know, we we, we talked a little bit about this at the at the opening. You and I discussed a little bit about this uh, off mm-hmm. air. Uh, these young folks out here, I mean, are committing very grown-up serious crimes. I, I sort of laid out, you know, we all know about the two 13-year-olds that got into it at, at the coming school and one of them pulled a gun and shot the other one. Uh, yeah. There were two 16-year-olds. Two 16-year-olds were charged with uh, first-degree murder, uh, shooting a man uh, last week, uh, you know, over in Parkway Village. I mean, we see it. I mean, we just see it time after time after time. They buried a 17-year-old that was uh, killed by a 17-year-old who got a gun from a 16-year-old girl. I mean, Rodney, I know you see it. I know you talk to these young people. What's your take on what's going on out here? Well, first of all, let's let's get it let's let's get to a spiritual side first before we get to the practical. All right. Um when you read in Second Timothy chapter three, you know, Paul, uh the uh, author of Second Timothy, is telling uh a young pastor, uh Timothy in Ephesus, of what it's gonna look like uh in the days uh where we'll we'll where we will be experiencing the last days. And Paul goes on to a long list of what characteristics that you'll see during those last days. And um, one of those areas that he said, first of all, let me read just verses one through three right quick. Sure, uh, sure. If I'm, if you, if you, but it says second Timothy chapter three, and I'm reading from the amplified so it can give a, um, a, a more um, understandable um um, listening uh, okay. to what we're talking about. Okay. But he said, but understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, right? Lovers of money, impaled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, all right? Mm-hmm. Ungrateful, unholy and profane Mm -hmm. and they will be this is verse three and they will be unloving devoid of natural human affection all right meaning that they're not going to have this natural uh, um regard for life i think we're living in a time where life is getting to a point where there's just no regard for it absolutely Absolutely, hundred percent. You and I love our lives. Yes, we we do what we can. We have children, right? Mm-hmm. I I have a, a, a set of twins, twenty three year olds, mm-hmm. riding in cars, mm-hmm. and I love my children, mm-hmm. and I do what I can for them because mm-hmm. I love my life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but we're living in a generation where Paul talks about this, where people will begin to have unnatural affection. All right, a void of life. And to a point where I, they just don't regard life. And, there, and there's a root cause of that. That's one of the root causes, I'm sorry. But what we're seeing with this violence, with these killings, um, it stems from that particular root. And there's a lot of other factors that go along with that as well. 
Is this the word being manifested right now? It, so, it sounds as if um, it, it, it is based on what you just read in, in scripture um, to what we see in real life every day. It's like the word is, is, is being manifested. Yes, it's, it's definitely it's definitely manifesting uh, because when they're think about this, Chip, every last one of us have been given by God free will choice. Right. Unfortunately, right. we have people that are making wrong choices and God in his infinite wisdom, but also in his sovereignty, he's allowing choices to be made because this is what he gave the world. I want you to choose to love me. If you choose to love me, I will. You will choose also to love what your neighbor, right. right? Right. And so, however, God is leaving the blessings and the consequences up to mankind, and this is what we're dealing with. It's a. It's it. It, it really is a a, a dark time, uh, you know. And and, yeah. and, it, and it's you know a lot of people say, well, you know, it's not just here; it's everywhere. Well, that's true. It, it is everywhere, which is even more troubling to me, uh, you know. But 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 we live here, and we work here, and and we and we uh-huh. worship here, and 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 I mean, it just it's it's just such a a sad dynamic to think about a 13, 14, 16 year old child sitting, you know, in a jail cell. You know, yeah. uh, from the consequences of the actions of the choices uh, that they made, and I'm just at mm-hmm. a loss as to as, as to how you know you're a youth pastor. You you you're very good with the young people. I mean, how do we deal with this? I mean, how do we how do we how do we change it? How 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 do we encourage a different behavior? I mean, what do we do to realize that your leadership matters? Okay, uh, a parent got to understand that their leadership matters. Mm-hmm. A father, mm-hmm. a mother has to understand that their leadership matters. Mm-hmm. A brother and a sister has to understand that their leadership matters. Their devotion to God matters. And it has to translate over into communication with these young young people, um, treating them like they are someone relevant, uh, encouraging them and inspiring them. And it does, it's, it's not a 100% guarantee right. that the good that we do, the communication that we have, the encouragement and the inspiration that we will give these young people by being involved in their lives, being involved with their school studies, being involved in some kind of way with their, uh, uh, the things that matter to them in their life, right? Right. It, these things that we learn on Sunday morning, the things that we learn in Sunday school and Bible study, it has to translate over into a lifestyle to these young people. And again, it's not a guarantee, but if anything, Chip, my life and my presence in um, the life of those young people, whether it's through uh, community work, uh, whether it's through uh, events, uh, whether it's even through one-on-one interactions, that it, it's not a 100% guarantee, but I give them a greater opportunity right. to understand that their life matters and that they were born with a purpose as well. Sometimes they don't see it. Yeah, yeah. However, if I can say something and do something in their lives to show them that they are valuable and that they are relevant, then guess what? There's a better chance of them uh, living out their purpose. We are speaking with uh, Reverend Rodney Kirkwood. He is the youth pastor at Fullview Missionary Baptist Church. And as you can tell, he is a, a man of strong faith. 
and, and belief in God. And if you've never heard him preach, you, you need to do that <laughs> because, I mean, he is, he, is, he, is, he is really, really powerful. But, you know, there were a lot of things that you said there um, that I hope that uh, somebody listening um, you could grab a hold to. We, I mean, because it seems like, Rodney, in the last couple of minutes we have, that, 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 mm-hmm. that these kids are finding more love and gratification from the streets than they yeah. are receiving at home. And I don't know if yeah. it's if, if that is the case or what mm-hmm. the draw is from one perspective to the other. Well, because you know you got to understand that youth when they when they get to a point where they start developing, um, from the age of uh, you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you know they begin to go through this phase where um, what mat- the things that matter to them mm-hmm. is what they want mm-hmm. and and. And what they get from their peers, you got to understand peer pressure is real. It's nothing, that's nothing true. has changed in how, in, you know, how we grow up. The thing about it now is that there's so much access to stuff yeah. that that can be very destructive to their lives. So what? They're getting more love, more uh, camaraderie, more communication from their peers mm-hmm. and from the culture, uh, especially we living in the day where the, where the culture is really anti everything God. That's true. Anti everything God. That's true. And so. They tap into that, man, and then they get into the streets, and they're finding more ways to gratify themselves uh, from, you know, these connections in the street opposed to getting the pure and unadulterated word of God. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Not what they're hearing, but what they're seeing out of those that should be leading their lives in, in the correct way. Wow. Yeah, that's that that's deep. Listen, um, can I can I uh, can I uh, impose on you? Uh, I got about a minute and a half, two minutes left uh, to, to 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 pray us out. Uh, I mean, because because I because I, I know that we all need it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. First, I want to give a shout out to Teresa Sarver. She's our youth yeah. director hey, T. at full view missionary baptist church yeah and so yeah. she has been doing a absolute phenomenal job even during the time of the pandemic she's been an absolute phenomenal job uh with the youth uh at uh full view missionary baptist church and just shout out to all the rest of them shout out. uh shout youth out. ministers and pastors shout everywhere that's, right. that's doing their part that's right. in preserving uh the lives of our youth people yes so uh, I just wanted to give her a shout out. Today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But let, let us let, let us look to God in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just come to you this evening first to say thank you uh, for your goodness and your mercy and your grace that continues uh, to keep us each and every day, God. We come acknowledging uh, tonight, God, that it is in you that we live and we move and we have our being. And so, God, with that being said, God, help us to understand, oh, Lord, that we cannot go through one day without your help, God, without your guidance, Mm. God, without your touch, Lord, without Mm. your provision. Lord, we simply cannot do anything without you, Lord. So we asking right now, Father, that you touch each and every one, God, those that are on this line listening, God, whether on Facebook Live, God, whether on Zoom, Lord, or through the radio station, Lord, let these words travel to every ear, God, and enter in every heart, Lord, uh, for those that are calling upon your name and believing upon your name, God. We need your protection, God. Mm. 
We need your guidance, Lord. And we're asking right now, Father, that you will continue to lead and guide us through these last and evil days. Help us, Lord, to seek you in all of our ways, God. Help us, God, to open our ears, Lord, to listen to the things that you have to say to us, Lord, that will lead and guide us, Lord, that we may be able to be that instrument, oh God, that vessel that the youth, God, that adults need to see and hear in these days, God, because God, we understand that for many, we, those that are called by your name, God, that we, Lord, will be the only Bible that people can read and see, God. Mm. And Lord, we're here to glorify you, God. So help us to be uh, uh, those that will glorify you. Bless Chip on tonight, God. And Lord, help him to expand, oh God, this radio station, Lord, that more can hear uh, about not only the information that is so needed in this society, but also, God, uh, to hear things, Lord, that would change the lives of those, oh God, who desire it. And Lord, we just give you praise today, and we glorify you, God, and we ask that you keep your hand upon this nation, oh God, that we, oh God, we pre- will be preserved, and that we will be everything that you called us to be. Yes. And we thank you and give you praise and glory in the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Thank God, and amen. Rodney, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, sir. Ladies Absolutely. and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, not, 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 couldn't, couldn't end the show any better. Uh, we're at 7 o'clock right now. Talking Memphis is next. I'm Chip, and for the rest of my crew, we are out. Good night. It's real talk. It's real talk. Yeah. With the main Chip Washington. It's real talk. Main is real talk with your main Chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Questions about it, man. It's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. Real talk.